Yeah, I have to. I have to end early enough so I can go put on pants. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, sitting here in my pajamas. So. This is episode 13 of Ruminate, a podcast about what's on our mind. I'm Rob Lewis, and with me as always is John Voorhees. Good morning, John. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? I'm very, very well, John. How are you? Better than you were, I think, right? I mean, uh, you were you were sick. I'm doing I'm doing just fine. I mean, it's cold in Chicago as usual, but uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Uh, you're, are you feeling better? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think last week would have been a uh, pretty interesting show if I tried to record. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're back. We're back after well, a good. week. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been kind of a weird schedule the last uh, couple of months, really, because first we did a, I mean, the shows came out uh, like clockwork, but we, you and I, recorded two back to back during the holidays because of our schedules, and then uh, you promptly got sick after the holidays. So uh, we skipped a week, but we are back, and we're actually going to do a show. This show that's going to come out on Monday. Uh, tomorrow and then we're going to do another one next weekend which will come out the following monday so we've got two weeks in a row coming up absolutely I'm, I'm a big believer in the schedule and i was very disappointed that i had to cancel last week well that's going to happen eventually to one of us yeah so absolutely we'll, uh, yeah it's good to hear you're feeling better um well do you want to dive in uh yeah let's dive in um i think the first thing this is kind of in follow-up um this is uh the chapters app i think we mentioned this uh, on the last show um, this is a Mac app for uh, adding chapters to podcasts. This got released, uh, I think it was the morning just before our our show got the last show got released. Um, so if you listened to the last episode, you uh, you would have seen that we had uh, chapters and just chapter markers for the different sections. Um, and we yeah. were we were the first non-beta podcast to uh, to be released uh, with, using the chapters app, which was which was quite nice. Yeah, it was pretty funny because that Monday morning I woke up, um, I woke up to two things, two messages, one from you and one from Federico. And uh, yours was, I just use this app to make chapters in our show. And, and Federico's was, there's this chapters app that you really should write a, write a review of because uh, you have a podcast. <laughs> so all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay. I think one, Rob already took care of it and that'll, that's perfect because, uh, you know, kind of use that as the example of how, how we went about doing it and then start playing with it myself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was um, there was a couple of issues. Um, you know, me being kind of the first person, or the, you know, we were the first show to kind of use it once it was out. Um, there was a couple of issues with ID three metadata tags, um, the different versions, and iTunes uses version two point two, which doesn't support chapters. Um, but the uh, the developer has actually added support now, so you can kind of convert the file uh, with within the chapters app. So. Um, so yeah, it yeah. Was, it was, that was kind of the one problem I did have. Um, but you know, I, I tweeted the developer, and he kind of got back to me and said, "This is the problem." Um, but yeah, the updated version uh, kind of supports all that, so it's, it's it should be even easier for this sh- this show. Yeah, that was kind of interesting to me because um, it, when I you know I was um, I was communicating back and forth with him when I was working on the review, and I guess in his experience, at least with his beta testers, most of them were using um, command line tools to do their um, do their encoding, and as a result, he didn't run into the iTunes GarageBand, you know, ID3 tag version 2.2 problem, which is surprising to me that there aren't more people just kind of ex- exporting directly out of GarageBand, at least within his beta group. Um, but it's you know it's fixed now. Um, yeah, the the thing with 2.2 is that it didn't. I don't think there's even a 
you know, it's not a, you can't really say that IDE3 tags are a, are a standard. It's not really a, it, it's a project by a small group of people, but it's not really, um, it's, it's not a standard spotty or anything. And the version 2.2 just didn't have support for tags at all, but 2.3 and 2.4 do. Um, and in fact, actually, iTunes has support for 2.3 and 2.4. It's just not the default, and there's no way to switch it in settings. You can actually go into an MP3 file. This is probably way more information than anybody wants to know, but you can go in to an MP3, right-click on, right click on it, and choose, up, I think it's like upgrade, um, upgrade tags or something like that, and it brings them up to either 2.3 or 2.4. And that's how I did it when I was testing. And I don't, is that how you did it, Rob? Uh, I, I didn't know that that was a feature. Actually. I think you found that while you were doing your review. Um, so what I actually did was went back into GarageBand and exported as an MP3 um, because I kind of knew that it would um, it would have the right version on it then. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it um, it's a it's a it's nice app because it's real simple. I mean, all you do is you know point it at your MP3, put in your. T- There's a whole bunch of ways to. Uh, find the chap, find the points where you want to put the chapters in, um, edit them, you know, give them titles, and then export it back out with the tags embedded. Um, I mean, it. I think once once you got beyond the ID three tag issue, it only took you a few minutes, right? Oh yeah, I mean, it was you know, I, I was actually at work, um, and, I, and I was just kind of like, right, I'm just gonna, I just take five minutes to to do this, and I mean, even including the the problems I had with the version in uh, with the ID three tags, it literally maybe five or ten minutes. Um, it took me to do that, um, and you know, came through an overcast. It worked perfectly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's we kind of have a, a fairly short show compared to others, but you know, chapters are still nice if people want to skip a particular section, um, or you know, they want to jump to a particular section. And I think actually, when it comes to it, if we need to refer back to an episode, it will be nice and easy to to get to those sections as well yeah that's true i mean there's there's and there's besides just um linking to a specific spot within the audio you can also um put a your associate a url with the title that you create which is kind of nice so if you're talking say you're talking about you know the chapters app you could put a link to the app right in the uh in the in the in the chapter's title so someone doesn't even have to scroll down to the show notes which is you know nice feature i've seen the um accidental tech podcast do that a few times yeah i actually didn't until you mentioned that i didn't realize that that was a feature i just assumed that it was underlined because it was the chapter um but yeah as as you say it's it's kind of nice to add some extra data in there if you need it um and i think atp do it with uh with the sponsors and, and and every now and again with like blog posts and things like that right right so the app is um 15 us on the Mac App Store, um, it's the kind of app I like just because it's it does one thing very very well. Um, I know that the developer is working to add some other podcast friendly features to it, like editing the main ID three tags that you use for a podcast, like the you know the um, artist information, the title information, the artwork, that sort of thing. That's not out yet, but I think he's working on that, um, and I'd really like to see that because then I mean you've really you've really taken care of the lion's share of the metadata type stuff all in one place, which would be pretty cool. But um, we'll link to the review I did if anybody's interested in checking the app out a little more. Yeah, and as you say, with that, um, with the extra features, with the, you know editing the actual ID3 tags, you know, if he decides to put that into the app, I mean, that would be extremely useful because I could then get rid of iTunes from the 
you know the workflow of of editing the the podcast i can just go straight from garage band into chapters and then it's ready to go right and that yeah that, that removes definitely a, a, a an extra step in the process so i i think that would be a good hopefully hopefully that comes out soon because i think that would be a nice thing to have yeah definitely um so you were gonna tell us give us another update on the uh, paint drying right uh yeah i mean i think this is probably going to be the final uh, final update on this um so the uh you know the uh, classification people um they allegedly watched it um i mean there's i guess there's no real way to to prove whether they 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 genuinely did watch it or not but they've uh, they've given it a u rating um i'm not sure what's a u rate what's a u rating so u is like uh, that's kind of the lowest so anybody can watch that kids you know r- right up to to adults that's kind of the i think it stands for universal um, okay, uh, nothing, nothing offensive in paint drying, I guess. Uh, no, absolutely. I'm not sure what the the US equivalent of uh, of that is, but uh, yeah, we have one called G, which I think is for general audiences. Which I think that's probably the same thing. Right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, it was uh, 607 minutes uh, final running time. So it's uh, so yeah, oh, it's wow. just over just over 10 hours. And, uh, that's a lot of paint drying. So in the description, well, it says no material likely to offend or harm. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's probably true huh interesting well you know i hope we see more paint drying movies because those people need something to do absolutely <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure whether it proved a point or not um but you know it was kind of interesting that you know they that they at least claim to have watched it uh i think they may have even tweeted about it and, and said they've got through half of it they're going to finish the other half the, the next day so um oh that's funny yeah well it's one of those things it's one of those internet things that takes off right so before you know, maybe they maybe they're hoping to make a two or three hour movie, and before you know, it's up to ten. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you, uh, you you've added this link, and I I did have a quick look at this, but uh, Ben sent this to us. Do you want Do you want to tell us a little bit about this? <laughs> yeah, Ben thought this would be a story that we'd like, and I yeah, I did like it. It's I guess it's where he used to live. It's a house he used to live in, and it was a story in the in the Telegraph about, um about i guess it's near a train station and the woman who lives there now was tired of people parking in her driveway in her private parking space um when they went to the train to go to work and uh instead of you know getting them ticketed or doing getting them towed or or whatever what uh, most people would do uh, she she unloaded a ton of gravel behind the person's car and left a little shovel with a note that said at least it's not raining (laughs) And it was stuck there for you know the car was stuck there for a couple of days until they could get the the gravel removed. I thought it was pretty fun, a pretty funny story, um, you know, kind of passive aggression at its very best. Yeah, this is this is just kind of um, this is such a kind of British thing. Just you know, don't don't do don't do the right thing. Let's do the really annoying thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. It was it's a lot of effort, and you know, I'm sure a ton of gravel costs a fair amount of money too. Maybe she needed the money needed to do the gravel anyway. I, yeah, I think in the story it mentions that actually she that some builders turned up to regravel her driveway, but because this car was there, they couldn't do it. Um, oh, that's that's right. I was yeah, I was forgetting that. So right. that, that's why she had access to this this ton of gravel. So she just kind of left it behind <laughs> the car. <laughs> that's great. So um, yeah, I think it's probably enough from a passive aggressive corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. So I had a little mini topic that I was going to bring up. Um, I, just kind of a weird. It's just a little story about something I was working on yesterday on on Blink, and uh, there is a long standing 
a long-standing bug in the iOS App Store, which you know, right? Shocker, right? Mm. The App Store is the App Store is not perfect. A bug but, in the App Store, John. I would not hear of it. <laughs> this bug has been there since iOS seven, and people have reported it over and over again. But um, if you go to the Update tab and you look at the apps that have updated on your phone, and you, you tap on one of them, so you get the full like full store view of that app and then you use the share button to try to share that app um, all if you're on the update if you do it from the update tab all it will do is send out the title of the app it won't send the link to the app and that's been in there forever and it trips people up all the time developers get caught by it all the time because you know they they see that their apps updated they go into the update tab they copy the link and they tweet it out and then all of a sudden they realize oh wait I just tweeted out the title and nothing else nobody can get to my app and that's been there since, as I said, iOS 7. Um, I had a workaround for it in Blink where basically I grab the title, do a search of the iTunes API, and return a list of apps. And because you're using the title, it's a very specific string of words, it rarely returns more than a couple of results. So what I did at the time was I limited the results to like 15 results because... Um, you know, it was no reason to do more because it uh, rarely returned more than a handful of results. Um, and it's just easier when you have fewer, you're returning fewer results, especially if you're on a bad network. It's just quicker. So I limited it. Uh, fast forward to, I don't know when they added this. It was either eight or nine. They added um, the little share button. If you highlight text on, say, Safari, you know, you have copy, paste, bold, that sort of thing. But there's also share. And if you tap on share, you can go into the share sheet and use your extensions. Well, turns out, I don't know how many people are doing this. I don't think very many, but you can, it works with Blink. So you, you, you find the name of an app that's not linked to the store in an article. You can highlight it, um, tap the share button, and then look, up, look it up on Blink and get a, an affiliate link and whatnot. The problem was, was that because I was limited to 15 and because um, store search is not the best in the world, uh, it wasn't enough results. So what I did yesterday was I just, it was pretty easy. It took like 10 minutes. I just, um, I, I tied it not to, I didn't make it, I didn't hard code it to 15 anymore. I set it to whatever someone has in their settings. So it'll return up to 50 results now. Um, and it was, you know, it was really being, a, it was a real problem for Mac apps. If you're searching for apps, a lot of times the Mac apps are buried pretty far down the page because they just don't have the sales of the profile of the iOS apps. Yeah, it sounds like one of those things that it's probably quite hard to see that coming. Um, like as a, you know, they they kind of added the share on the the highlight, um, and you know it would it would I'd be pretty impressed if you'd kind of seen that um, that use case coming. But uh, you know, like you say, yeah. you switched it to the the settings. That's probably a better way of doing it. Right. Well, and it was just one of those things where that's that that's the the bug that keeps on giving for me because uh, I would never have even had that in the app and had it not been for the for the bug. But now, uh, instead of having to do that from scratch, now it took like five minutes to support the new feature a little better than I was in the past. So, you know, one of those things. I guess you got to celebrate the little little the little <laughs> things like that when they happen when something's easy <laughs> yeah definitely i, I do remember uh, i guess it must have been when you were first working on blink and i remember you you tweeting about the update bug and and you know to be honest the state of apple software right now it doesn't surprise me that that bug's kind of still there yeah and the problem it's a weird the problem with the bug is too you don't run into it very often or not many people do and when they do they're completely confused because you're 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 
hitting the share button from a screen that looks just like it would if you went through the search or the features page or any of the other pages. Um, it's, you know, it's identical. It's just that it's not serving out the link for some reason. And that's been there. It feels like forever to me, but it's, you know, if it's, I guess it's been about, I don't know, two, three years at least. Yeah. Well, never mind. I mean, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll fix that. Maybe they won't. I mean, I don't know if you've listened to the latest talk show, um, but, uh, Eddie Q and, uh, Craig Federici were on it and, they they seem to have a lot of numbers that suggest that their software's really good. So uh, I'm not expecting yeah. any updates anytime soon. Yeah, well, we could go into a list of things that have been been breaking for us, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it, you, there have been bugs. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, definitely. Do you want to move on to tea towels, Rob? I saw you got uh, a little a little upset on Twitter about tea towels and. You confused me. I had no idea what's going on. What what was up with tea towels last week? <laughs> so um, so uh, we, we we did our our online we did our our uh, you know food shopping uh, online from a, a different uh, supermarket than we normally use, and um, because it was our first time using them, they they gave us a a welcome tea towel, um, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, and I kind of made a joke that I probably won't want to. Basically, I said it made me deeply uncomfortable that it won't match my other tea towels. Um, you know, it's kind of a kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of joke. You know, it's it, it's fine. It's a tea towel. I would still use it. Um, but yeah, I kind of made this joke, and I seem to have confused a lot of Americans as to when I mentioned tea towels. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. Good. <laughs> it wasn't. All right. Explain yourself. What's a tea towel? Do you want to know what tea towels? So. It, it's a, I, I think it's what you would call like a kitchen towel, you know, like a, a uh-huh. like a small towel that you have in the kitchen for, you know, I don't know, drying your hands and, and uh, wiping things down, that kind of thing. Is that right? Is a that makes sense. Is a kitchen yeah. towel what what I'm describing? Yeah, I think so. Yes. <laughs> um, All right. So when you spill your tea, you can wipe it up with your tea towel. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not a. Uh, it's it's not exclusively for tea related activities. It's um, okay. yeah, it's, it's what you would call a kitchen towel. So uh, all right. So I'm, okay. I'm glad well, we've got that, that cleared up. Nearly, yeah, it's not nearly as interesting as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I thought it was probably something like that. I had more of a vision of you sitting and having a, a proper cup of tea, and you were bringing out your crumpets on your tea towel or something <laughs> like that. Your tea cookies and and all those things. That's that's amazing. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, we'll 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 leave that mini topic there for people to uh, think about and think about their own tea towels. Um, we, I thought we another thing we thought we'd talk about today is subscription pricing because I ran into this Wired article um, a week or two ago that uh, that seemed to suggest that subscription pricing was the way that all apps were going to be sold from now on, and that this was a new and revolutionary thing, which I thought was ridiculous because. Subscription pricing has been around at, for a long time, um, and it just doesn't. It, it works for some things, but it doesn't work for others. Uh, I thought it was just a, a kind of a gross oversimpli- oversimplification of the entire issue from from you know the app store perspective. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I mean, I think this has probably been triggered a lot by uh, that the the Amazon service. I think it's called Amazon Underground, um, which is um, developers get paid by the amount that somebody uses their app um, rather than actually giving money directly to the developer. If you use an app for an hour, you know, you get 60 units of payment, you know, whatever that happens to be, whether it's per minute or, you know, per hour, 
Um, and I think this is probably what's triggered off this weird, oh my God, subscription pricing, if you heard of it, kind of uh, attitude. And obviously, as you say, this is not, it's not something new. Um, you know, a lot of people have been doing this for a long time. Yeah, no, and I've heard people speculate about the the App Store going that that route as well. I, I personally don't think it, it works. I mean, it, I think it would work for some some apps. I mean, it'd be great for games. I, mean, I think that that you could you could find a way to make that system work with games. But you know, I think for instance, utility apps that you use occasionally. Um, if if you had that kind of model, I think that people just wouldn't make them anymore because they wouldn't be able to make any money. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. It's kind of interesting because, you know, I've seen a few apps that kind of have this subscription model in the App Store. And I don't know, it, it, you know, even somebody like me who, you know, I, I want to give money to developers, you know, I want to support good apps and things like that. I look at a subscription and I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to make that kind of commitment. Um, yeah, you know, there's definitely subscription fatigue that sets in after you've got an, enough of these. Yeah, definitely. And I think this kind of, um, you know, re- relates to uh, the way that a lot of sites um, are doing kind of a, a membership model and, and subscription and, kind of, and things like that. I think you you kind of hit a point. I mean, at w- how much money, uh, you know, should I as an individual person be paying out for various different subscriptions, whether that's apps or, or you know, uh, blogs or memberships and things like that you know at at some point there becomes an upper limit where i just can't afford to be giving out more money each month yeah no i think that that's right i mean i i do think that if you're paying one off for for apps you're going to have more apps than if you are paying a subscription for an app i mean i think you hit the limit a lot faster with a subscription that's a recurring payment i mean and i think it can be taken too far i mean i recently did a review of this Mail Butler app, which is a series of plugins for the Apple Mail app, and um, you know it's it, they're useful plugins, um, but they were selling them as a subscription. I think it was like eight eight euros a month or something like that, which was really odd to me because first of all, there's no there's like no there was no service behind it, no content behind it, no. Nothing that would lend itself to kind of to a uh, a recurring payment. Um, it wasn't even a standalone app. It was a series of plugins for an existing Apple app. Um, and I I I just don't think that that kind of pricing model works for something like that. No, I I think you're right. And um, yeah, I I don't know. It's difficult because there's um, you know there's as you as you say there's some examples where I think that works. You you mentioned Feed Wrangler um, in the in the show notes, like Feed Wrangler is a good example of something that I'm willing to pay a subscription for. You know, I pay for a year and, you know, if I don't, if I don't use it in a year, then, you know, I can cancel that. And I, I feel like that's fine because it has a service that I'm actually paying for. Like that my money is going towards something, um, you know, it, right. It's actually, wor- it's actually working in the background, delivering articles to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I think much in the same way as uh, kind of, you know, uh, for example, like Max uh, club, Max stories, you know, you, you can give monthly money to that monthly or, or yearly, and you know although it's not kind of the same thing because you you know you can still access the content if you're not a member, but you get extra content for your membership, and like that money helps to you know pay writers and get more articles and things like that. So I think it's it, it's fine even if it's just kind of a uh, in my head. But if I'm paying for something that I know needs ongoing money, then I don't mind it too much. But um, you know I think some kind of ios apps maybe go a little bit too far 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of things are at play, I think. You're right. Things like you've got, like, the feed wrangler model where you've got a back end that has to be supported. And it's deliver. you know, it's something that every time you use an RSS reader, if you're using feed wrangler as the back end, you're using the service. So you're actually getting something in return for it every time you, you open up an RSS reader. Or you have, like you said, like Club Max Stories or um, like a subscription to HBO or whatever it is, you're, you're getting content delivered to you on a regular basis, right? So those kind of model, those kind of um, apps or services make sense to me as subscriptions. But the other problem, even, even when you do have that, is that uh, at some point you reach the point where you're like, you look at it and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm spending like $200 a year on various subscriptions, who's who am I going to cut off the list? Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it, it's hard, you know, maybe if you know people or, you know, the people behind these sites. Um, I mean, I think we've kind of mentioned this um, in our Slack, but, like, you know, I think we're both, uh, you know, members of Relay and Club Mac Stories and Six Colors. You know, that's, that's three right there. Um, you know, you add a couple more to that and it becomes a significant amount of money each month. Um, and, and as you say, you really have to think about, how much money you're willing to spend out on all of these services. Yeah, I think you end up you end up having to be more selective just because you're not going to at the end of the day it ends up being more per year than it would if you're buying one-off apps or something like that. Um and that's I guess that's just the point. I mean, I'm I'm happily members of all those things you mentioned, but um yeah, there's not a whole lot of room left in my budget, I think. If like someone else came out with the next thing, I'd, be, I'd have to I'd look at everything and think, "Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I want to spend one more dollar on on subscriptions." <laughs> it gets, you know, it really it builds up over time. Yeah, definitely. Um so I think on the topic of App Store, um or you know, on the App Store, um I think we wanted to talk a little bit about release notes as well. Um, yep. Not the conference, the uh, but the actual <laughs> right. honest to goodness release notes that uh, well, if you can call them release notes. Um, so you know the release notes that you see when an app gets updated. Um, and there's been a few people uh, writing about this. Uh, ben Brooks has written about it, and uh, Manson Reese has written about it in the last couple of weeks. And there's kind of been this. Uh, I'm not sure. How to, it's kind of a trend of making your your release notes kind of this like weird like oh it's is it a story or you know is it is it you know jokes and things like that and to be honest i think people are getting really frustrated with them because you don't it, it's really difficult to actually find out what has changed in the apps yeah i mean there, there are two kinds of release notes that drive me a little nuts it's probably the ones that drive me the most nuts are these the cutesy ones but there's also the ones like uh, facebook does which just says you know, fixes and improvements or something like that, which which is just, just as bad in its own way. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned to you, and, and maybe I did on Twitter as well, um, but my bank added Touch ID support in the last two weeks, I think. Um, it's kind of difficult. Oh yeah, to tell. I saw you talking to Mike. Yeah, I saw you talking to Mike about that. Neither one of you knew about it, right? Because there was no announcement anywhere. Yeah, so that so they'd added Touch ID support to the app, which I only found out about because a friend of mine knew that I was using this particular app and, and texted me and said they've added touch id support so i checked the update release notes and the release notes just said bug fixes <laughs> that's not a bug fix that's a feature you know i mean this is a feature that i've been waiting for for a long time because my bank is particularly bad when it comes to their ios apps um yeah, and i kind I of didn't expect it but to just call it bug fixes it doesn't make any sense 
Yeah. Well, I, I think the I think the jokey ones, the reason those exist is partly the app store's fault because you know, it's so hard to communicate with people and communicate with the customers of your app that people are reaching and stretching for any possible way to communicate with them. And they figure that uh, jokes and stories and recipes for bug soup and things like that um, will show some personality and and connect with customers in a way that they, you know, one of the few ways that people have to directly uh, reach those people. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's probably another part of this as well, since automatic updates have been a thing, which I guess was, what, iOS 7 maybe? Um, I guess a lot of people aren't even looking at their release notes anymore. Um, you know, I certainly don't. Yeah, well, that's that's the that's the other part of this, is that, I mean, there are the people who are writing these articles about how annoying these release notes are are the geeks who actually do go in and read the release notes. I, I go in and look at them myself. Um, I'm mostly just, you know, curious what what's new in the apps that I... Uh, that update automatically. I go in every couple of days, probably. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of why, if I do look at them, that is why I'm looking, just to kind of see, you know, if they've added any new features, like my bank, but apparently they're not going to tell me anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, as you say, probably the vocal, the most vocal people are us, you know, we're the geeks that are going in and looking at release notes and, and you know, what's changed and, oh, look at Facebook with their stupid version numbers. But you know what? It doesn't really matter. Nobody cares. Like in in the grand scheme of things, they've got however many millions of iOS devices. Nobody cares if Facebook's on version sixty five. It's not. It's not important. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, I it, one thing that struck me too about the whole discussion was it reminded me a little bit of a. There was a an episode of Under the Radar. Um, I think it was twelve. It was a couple. Of, I think that was two episodes ago or so, and they were talking about. Um, adding personality to your apps and they used carrot weather as one of their examples and you know they talked about when and if it makes sense to add personality to your apps and what that can do in terms of differentiating yourself in a crowded market and i think there is a, a place for that absolutely i think it's a, a smart thing to do with the right kind of app but um, i don't i just don't think that re- the release notes are the place to, to necessarily have that personality put it in the app don't put it in the release notes yeah definitely and to add to the the carrot weather thing um I, I don't understand the obsession with weather apps. I don't have them. I, I very rarely check the weather, except when me and you are talking before we record and you tell me how cold it is in Chicago. Um, <laughs> right. And then I have a look. So for me, like I, I don't pay any attention to weather apps at all, but Carrot Weather is the only weather app that I could name. Um, and then that right. probably says a lot about the way that they've kind of branded it and the personality and things like that. So it clearly does work, in, in at least in some instances. Yeah, no, it it, it does. Um, I use a weather app mainly because I walk a mile down to the train station in the morning. So it, if it's you know five degrees Fahrenheit outside, I like to I like to know that before I walk out. But yeah, weather apps are one of those weird categories. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, for you, as you say, you're walking a you know you're walking a fair distance, and you have a a lot harsher weather than we do. Um, so I can and it's it's uphill, it's uphill it's uphill yeah, and it's uphill both ways, Rob. Of course it is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be the angry old man who shouts at the cloud before long here. Um, yeah, I so saw you also you also linked to um, keep a change log, which I think it's funny that there that, that there's actually a site dedicated to telling people how to make a change log. Yes, how hard is that? it's not that hard. No, absolutely. I mean, this is a, I guess it's kind of an attempt at a standard, um, and this this is actually uh, the the format that we use at work um, for our mobile okay. apps. Um, you know, 
it's it's not you know it's not rocket science this is fairly simple stuff um but this site kind of just tries to give you a good format to to use when you add features and fix bugs and things like that um so yeah i guess it's it's kind of one of those things where you know you're making making a new standard and then we just have an extra standard but you know it's kind of useful um just to no, keep no, an eye no, on. I, yeah i definitely thought it was useful i, I do something very similar um I, when i'm working on my apps i just I, I have a text document and every time i change something significant i just add a sentence or two explaining it uh to the to the text document and then that's what becomes my release notes when i you know when i upload something to the the store and i generally use you know added changed fixed that sort of thing yeah and i think that that you know that is i think especially for something like blink um given the the audience that are, that are using blink i think that's you know that's uh, really useful yeah i'm definitely going to keep the knock knock joke knock knock jokes out of the app for now <laughs> So um, I think we're pretty uh, app store heavy today. Um, yeah, we are. It's been on my mind a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was working. I was working all day yesterday on on f- trying to find some URL scheme um, bugs. Which, oh my gosh, I could tell you stories about URL schemes. I'd like to rip all that stuff out of my code. <laughs> um, so- sorry, URL scheme fans. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the ultimate technical debt in some levels. Part of the problem was, you know what, you, URL schemes was a big focus of the app when I first built it, when it was first starting building it, because uh, share sheets didn't exist. There were no extensions. And then extensions really obviated most of that functionality. But I kept it in there, and there are uses for it beyond um, what an extension can do. But um, for one, I wrote it when I didn't know what I was doing, and it's not very good code. <laughs> It's kind of messy, and uh, two, it's just one of those things that has so many possible um, edge cases that there's always something that someone can can shoot through the URL scheme that'll break it and crash the app. It seems like so, um, and the and the people who like URL schemes are a little rabid about URL schemes, and so they are very vocal. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this topic you've kind of titled it "Finding Gaps in the App Store," and I guess it's probably a little bit related to uh, to your talk that you're going to be doing uh, pretty soon. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's 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 one of the things I want to talk about. I mean, you know, I've been trying to think about not necessarily just marketing, but how do you get attention for your app? And and there are a lot of different components to getting attention to your app, and um, you know, including things like finding holes in the app store i mean because and that's what i think we're going to talk about today which is if if you can find a hole in the app store or at least a shallow part of the pool uh then you've got you know a fighting chance to be seen on the app store there are about a million and a half apps um and sometimes you look at it and it feels like there are 50 of everything um but there are some spots which are you know a little a little less crowded and we talked a little bit about one of them a few episodes ago when we were talking about screenshot apps because you know they're really i have maybe there's one out there that i just haven't discovered yet but there's not a really good screenshot app that puts together both management of screenshots um, and organization of screenshots Um, they usually have one or the other but not both yeah i think that's kind of i guess that maybe is kind of just the way people are focusing but um but yeah i mean as you say i guess it kind of makes sense that there should be should be both of those 
in, in at least yeah, in well, one and, and there are and there are categories and it's that's just a you know one concrete example but there are categories and, and maybe it's not as it's not as true today but at least early in the app store um for instance uh, games filled up pretty fast obviously but education and that category was really a backwater for a very long time it's it's really picked up since then but you can find areas where it's not maybe it's not so much that there aren't a lot of apps but there aren't a lot of good apps or a lot of really old or crufty apps that that don't work very well um, and kind of underserve the market for that particular you know that particular area that you're you're working on yeah definitely i think we mentioned this maybe maybe on the last episode or the one before that but there's, there's just this kind of, you know, nobody seems to want to say it, but a lot of apps on the App Store just aren't that good. Um, you know, of a million and a half apps, how many of those are, you know, top quality, really good apps? Probably not that many. No, it's true. I mean, you, and you look at some categories. If you looked at text editors, you'd think, all right, well, this is a hard one to enter, right? I mean, there are a lot of really good text editors out there, and you, you're going to be swimming upstream to come up with one that's that's better than ByWord or IA Writer or Editorial or OneWriter, you know, something like one of those apps. But there are plenty of other categories that are um, not occupied by really polished apps. And it's just kind of a, these are, these are what I, you know, kind of think of as functional gaps in the app store areas where either there's, there's not many apps that do what you want to, what you want to do, or, um, the ones that are there aren't very good. I mean, I, I ran into another one the other day called shelf, which I think I saw, um, Bradley chambers tweet about, and it's kind of a cool app. I mean, it, it lets you, if you are into this kind of thing, take notes on books that you're reading. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. You know, you can automatically pull in the cover art for the book and then um, keep a series of notes associated with each book. And then I looked at it, and I realized it's iPhone only. And I thought, well, you know, what sense does that make? Wouldn't you want to have this right side-by-side your book on, like, an iPad Pro or something <laughs> while you're reading the book? And, and, but it's not. It's, and, and to me, that, that's, like, that's a huge miss from the standpoint of that app that um, – that is kind of a gap that I think someone could come in because it's not a super complicated app. You got to hook to some kind of API to bring in the the cover art for the book and do the search function. But other than that, it's just a really basic text editor. Yeah, as, as you say, like there there are there's definitely a few apps. And actually, uh, before I uh, started my job that I'm in now, um, I used to work at McDonald's, um, so I was doing kind of shift work, and you know it would never really be the same hours every week, that kind of thing. Um, so obviously I needed an app to kind of, uh, keep track of the hours that I've done and calculate, uh, you know, the, how much money I was going to make that week and things like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and actually now my girlfriend does shift work, um, at the job that she's at and there are no good apps for this. Like there are nothing. They are all terrible. Every single one of them is terrible. Um, yeah, because you want to both plan. You want you want to keep track of what you did, but also plan out what's coming up in the next week or two, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the core functionality of it is you know you give it an out. You know, you give it a shift. It works out what breaks you're getting, so you're not getting paid for that and things like that. And it works out your wages. Like, I, it, it doesn't seem like a hugely complicated app in the grand scheme of things, but like it's just one of those markets where there are loads of apps in there in the store, but they're all terrible. Right. Um, and so, as you say, I mean, you know, I think there are still gaps in the App Store if you can find them. Yeah, no, I think there are. And, and, and you know, that we've been talking about functionality type gaps where there's, there's just, it does, it, 
the app either doesn't exist or it's not done very well. But you know, getting back for a moment to that episode of of Under the Radar we were talking about a little while ago in Carrot Weather, that's a good example of kind of um, a personality gap, I guess you could call it, where you know there are a ton of weather apps and a lot of them are really good, um, and so that's a really hard market to compete in. But Carrot Weather did it by being different and being different in a way that got attention that got people talking about it got people writing articles about it and you know at the end of the day i mean it's a nice app it's really well designed i like i you know i like it but it still just is a weather app i mean it doesn't really do anything functionally that much different than the built-in weather app maybe it does it in a way that you like more but i think the personality of that app has taken it a lot further than it otherwise would have gotten yeah definitely i mean i think you know weather apps are probably one of the simplest apps to to build in terms of just the basic functionality because you know there's there's plenty of weather APIs that will just give you the weather for a, for a location but as you say you know even carrot weather doesn't have a huge amount of like advanced functionality but it still appeals and manages to sell really well right i mean and part of this i was, I was thinking about this not just because of um, what david smith and, and marco armit were saying on under the radar but there was this article in the next web which was about carrot weather and it the title that was how carrot weather and tweetbot taught me that paying for apps is a good thing which isn't which was an article that really kind of made me i didn't know whether to be happy about this or sad because <laughs> it, it 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 was depressing because it, it was it was someone in 2016 realizing that yeah there are developers who care and people who put time and effort into a unique experience on the app store it might be actually worth paying them money for their thing yeah definitely i mean it's and i think you know you you kind of uh you linked to a tweet here that we'll put in the show notes where you kind of said you don't know whether to be happy at the realization that developers who charge for for apps care or despair that it's newsworthy um but i think what this article really reflects is what the kind of general audience for ios feels like you know they if you go on and look for a twitter app for example and i think it's a pretty fairly good example Twitter have right. their official app, which is free. It gives you, for the most part, every feature that you get with Tweetbot. Um, you know, right. kind of side by side. And if you're just looking at it on paper, they both have the same features. You know, you can tweet. Yeah, they actually give you some more too, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get the uh, the moments and and various other weird things that tr- that Twitter are trying out. Um, so on paper, you know, actually the official Twitter app is probably the better one, but actually when you use Tweetbot, you realize actually this is far, far better. <laughs> right. No, it's it's true. And, and I guess so. I think on, on, on balance, I'm glad that this article exists because it's on the next web, which is more of a general audience, as you said. And this is reflects what the uh, iOS market probably is more like in real life than in the corner of the, the universe that we occupy full of geeks. And so it's good that that message gets out. Um, and I, I'd be curious to see if Tweetbot and... Uh, and Carrot Weather saw much of a bump from in sales from that article being published. I, I would suspect that they probably did. Uh, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do come across this quite a lot. You know, you're speaking to somebody and they say, "Oh, can you recommend an app? I need to do this or I want to do that." And you, you know, as, again as an example, like Twitter, I would you know I'd recommend Tweetbot, and then people go, "Oh, two ninety nine? I'm not paying that." Like, so it's this yeah, it's this difficult kind of <laughs> as you say. In our corner of the internet, we're all happy to pay for apps and, oh, look at that, somebody's brought out a new app and even if you've already got one that's similar, you'll probably buy it to try it out, whereas, you know, the general population just aren't doing that, I don't think. 
No, I, I make a regular um, I make a regular effort to ask people have they ever bought an app, and it's amazing how many people with you know solid jobs and high incomes will tell you, "No, nah, never do that. I would never do that." Yeah, they, they can't understand why they would pay for an app either, um, because. And, and, you know, it, it is hard because you look at a comparable kind of free version of a paid app and, and for the most part, they kind of do what the paid apps do. But it depends yeah. whether you care about that kind of extra quality. Yeah, well, and I also think for a lot of people, their iPhone is nothing more than a Facebook machine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably part of the problem as well, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they, yeah, they, they, oh, sure, they get an email once in a while, they send a text message, maybe they could call and they use Facebook. It's like four things. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's de- that's, that's thoroughly depressing. Well, <laughs> as an app developer, it makes me sad. <laughs> well, let's not forget that most people are just using their computers like that as well. I mean, it's yeah. You know, most know, for know. the for the the average user, it's browse the internet, check some email, you know, maybe watch a video on Netflix, that kind of thing. You know, there's, there's, there's probably not a lot of use for advanced apps, but. There we yeah, go. That's true. Well, that's that, that's what the attention's all about. It's finding those places, right? I mean, educating people as to what what they what they should want and what they really need and what to make their lives better. So, uh, it's an up it's an uphill battle, but uh, it's one that can be won. I think maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've probably gone through the app store. This has been pretty uh, kind of app store heavy show, but uh, yeah. But no, it's been good. So um, I don't think we've got anything else this week because um, we did a lot of the uh, the weird funny stuff at the beginning of the show. So uh yeah we did. So we'll have to uh we'll have to come up with some more topics. We'll be uh, we'll be back in just uh, 7 days. Absolutely. Well, let's hopefully we can think of think of some things uh before next week. <laughs> All right, good. So um right, so the show notes will be at ruminatepodcast.com/13. Uh you can find me on Twitter. I'm at rmlewisuk. And John, where can people find you? At John Voorhees uh, on Twitter, and um, I actually updated my personal projects webpage last weekend, so you can check out JohnVoorhees.co if you want to see kind of uh, everything else that I'm working on. Well, there you go. I haven't even looked at that yet, so uh, I will have a look at that now. All right, perfect. Uh, see you later, John. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>